Welcome to Zen Mind, a podcast featuring talks from Zenki de la Roche, the guiding teacher here at the Boulder Zen Center in Boulder, Colorado. I'm Bryant at BZC. I have a bit of a special talk for you this week. This isn't one of our regular Saturday morning Dharma talks. This talk was given in the context of our weekend sitting, which took place a couple weeks ago. The weekend sitting is a day and a half retreat where we sit a lot of Zazen together. Zazen is Zen meditation, and we have meals together, we maintain a silent practice environment, and we do Dokusan with Zenki Roshi, which are private student-teacher meetings. Uh, but the retreat is primarily a meditation intensive, and so we all gathered in the Zendo on Friday night before the retreat began, along with a few people participating online, and Zenki Roshi gave an introductory talk which focused on Zazen instruction. So that's the context in which the talk was given, and I thought others might be interested in this type of meditation instruction. And by the way, we're offering these weekend sittings four times a year. The next one is in September. It's September 17th through 19th. That's Friday evening through Sunday afternoon. And you can register right now on our website both in person or online. And we even have guest rooms available if you're coming from out of town. Uh, if you haven't done a meditation retreat before, it's a great introduction. So we'll be back with another regular podcast episode next Wednesday. And as always, if you're finding these talks helpful, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It's a big help. Now here's Zenki Roshi. Good evening. Uh, in this weekend, I would like to emphasize stillness. Practice it and also reflect on it a little bit. Mm. There's a big emphasis on sitting still in Zen. I think sometimes our experience of uh, meditation is, can be very mental. I'm not saying for everyone. I'm just um, highlighting certain aspects. I, I think it can be very mental in the sense that we experience our mind and uh, feel there's a lot of thoughts or that we are emotional and there's, there's, just, there's this emotion and I, I don't know how to deal with it. There are bodily experiences too, you know, feeling restless or having pain. If you're more on the mental side and you are trying to achieve something with your mind, um, Zen can be a, a very frustrating approach because Zen approaches the mind through the body. Uh, it's like there's a very there's a very um, strong idea that you can't really access the 
let's let's call it the depth dimension of the mind by thinking about it or by trying to understand something about yourself you you access the depth dimension of the mind by doing something with your body so when we uh when we sit zazen we're going to have an arrangement in this room and everyone has their seat and then you sit down and maybe develop a feeling that primarily you're practicing with the body. Let's say we do have an idea that it would be nice to have a calmer mind or more even emotional life. The the approach in Zen would be more like if you if you start to have a different relationship to the body, or if you, I think more precisely, if you inhabit the body differently, then something happens in the mind. So uh, we can... I said I'd like to give some zazen instruction. Now, whether you're a beginner or you've done this for a long time, I think it's useful when we go into a weekend like this, an intensive, that you really treat this time as precious. If you don't treat it as precious, less will happen for you. It's like... This time, to, to set one and a half days aside and do a meditation retreat is, is unusual. You know, it's like, when do you really do that? Well, you're doing it now. So you might as well treat it <laughs> with respect. <laughs> and sometimes I think, um, sometimes the way I want to think about each of us approaching each period of zazen is, Give yourself good instruction for what you're going to do with this period. Not just, you know, go in and, you know, sit and then it's all, well, hopefully it's over soon. You know, that feeling can come up like, I, I'm hungry. I'd like to eat. You know, this zazen period should be over. I'm not, um, ridiculing this. It's like, it's just, I'm so familiar with it. I've, I've sat a lot of sashins and retreats and it can be like this. You just want to get through it, you know. It's a little bit of a nuisance, actually. <laughs> so now I'm saying, every time you sit down, give yourself good zazen instruction. Now, it doesn't have to be like you're talking yourself through something, but just kind of know what you're doing. So this is why um, we're meeting tonight. So we can think of zazen meditation as a joining of a physical posture with with a mental posture or with mental postures. And the physical posture is um, about supporting, you know, arranging your lower body to support an upright spine. So there is... Um, you can think of the spine as a physical feature, like, you know, I need to hold my spine upright. But um, when we talk about the body, we're really talking about 
the felt body. So an upright spine is, let's call it, a core flow, just to put a different word there. So you get a feeling for that this is a, this is an aspect of the felt body. It's not a physical thing. That physical, that physical thing that we call the spine, you know, you can't see it. It's not like that thing which I can touch and move. You can't see your spine. You can feel your spine. So this already is already, I mean, maybe I'm emphasizing something that is obvious, but it's subtle, you know. It's like already when you relate to your spine as something you feel, you are entering the body as a felt body. This is what it's all about. So when you now, as I like to say, invite your spine into uprightness, not like, Straighten your spine. If I straighten my spine, I go like this, you know. How did I do this? I used muscles to lift myself up. These muscles will not, I mean, you will exhaust them when you sit for a whole day. (laughs) So, inevitably, when you lift yourself up like this, you will slump and kind of collapse again. So, excuse me. I need to sneeze, but it's not coming. So, you feel the central column of your body. And then you invite that column into uprightness. It, and it's very, that feeling, I can't say it better, that feeling is very much related to your spine. It will do something with your spine. And I called it a core flow because it actually feels like like the parts of that column, if you think of it in kind of like little layers, they're all connected. And then there's a kind of flow of sensation that holds you up. Not muscles. So sometimes in a meditation manual you can hear, you know, lift your lift the crown of your head and tuck the chin or something. But if you do that muscularly, if you go like this, you know, you're actually blocking that flow that I'm talking about. If you build it, you know, through feeling, then the head <laughs> thanks for sneezing for me. Um, then the head will lift, you know, kind of like wants to lift, and the chin tucks in, which also relaxes the shoulders. So sometimes I've I've given the um, advice, you need to see if this really works for you, 
that you feel your um, pelvic floor and you feel the crown of your head. And then you imagine a ball. For me, that ball, for some reason, is blue. I don't know why. Um, there's this blue ball that I feel, imagine in my pelvic floor, and then I let it rise very slowly. And it, for some reason, it's kind of in front of this, the physical spine. It's in the core. And I let that ball rise, little by little, all the way to the crown of the head. You can go further than the crown of the head. You can let the blue ball go all the way into the... What is that? <laughs> the heavens. <laughs> the sky. Just as you can let the ball sink all the way into the earth. So then you have you have a kind of felt verticality and the body can like meet that. In the beginning of your zazen, you might want to take a few minutes to do this, you know, just calibrate your posture this way. Now, I'm quite familiar with doing it, so I sometimes just put attention in my pelvic floor and I put attention to, you know, on the crown of my head and there's like a certain kind of I don't know a better image. This is like a voltage between these two points and like be, and then something, you know, goes like this and aligns itself. And there's subtle movements, you know, you want to allow those movements to be doing whatever they want to do. If you feel a certain kind of block, you need to allow that block to be there. If you have pain, you know, between your shoulder blades or in your lower back or somewhere, one of the things that can happen in Zazen is you try to wrestle with that pain, you know. Uh, over time, my experience is if you create this voltage between the crown and the pelvic floor and you allow those micro-alignments to happen the way they want to, that's a much more effective way of relating to your whatever is kind of the kink in your spine. <laughs> Go in you know, this. Just, just, just endless fidgeting in Zazen. Trying to feel better. Okay, so this is the, I'm just emphasizing that about the physical posture. Arrange your legs and your pelvis in a way, in such a way that it can support an upright spine. And then the mental postures, um, the way I teach this now, the four don'ts, you know, don't move, don't scratch, don't invite your thoughts to tea, and don't correct your mind. Um, let's just, you know, start. I don't know how, how, how much detail we can cover tonight, but don't move. Now, 
This is about stillness. The stillness of the physical body. Why do we practice stillness of the physical body? Because the stillness of the physical body invites the mind into stillness. And when the mind goes a little bit more into stillness, it will invite the body into stillness. And then when the body goes into more stillness, it invites the mind into stillness. So if you if you think like if you're too mental about this, like if you apply an idea of stillness, you could like freeze yourself into stillness. You know? It's not sustainable. Like, don't even try, you know. This is about relaxing into not moving. Can feel very stressful, you know, not to move. So we, we kind of have to understand that not moving is an invitation that we give ourselves. You know, what would we be like to just remain unmoved? It really helps, you know, the, the reason you sit with other people is when you sit with someone who is not moving, you kind of, you can kind of participate in that energy. <laughs> it's like this other person is supporting you in, in your own stillness. So let's, let's do that for each other. Now, is stillness about, you know, life is movement, and life is expression. So what is stillness? What is that? You know, death? Um, inhibiting yourself? Inhibiting your expression? This is kind of like, that would be a negative view of stillness. But the reason we want to cultivate stillness, and we, as I said in Zen, you begin with the body. The reason you want to cultivate stillness is because all, all that which we call alive comes out of the stillness. Or this is something to discover that the, that the stillness is kind of the source of everything. You, you, you get a different sense of self from discovering this this stillness. So we practice it. And, and, and you practice it in a very sort of crude, mechanical way. Like, don't move the body. Obviously, right? You're still breathing, so there's movement. <laughs> Your heart is still beating. There's still movement.
And then the second don't is don't scratch. And don't scratch is like a refinement of this not moving. So if there's something that bothers you, that could be literally, you know, some itch you have, or, you know, some pain you feel in your in your back or in your shoulders, or maybe you have a little bit of a headache or whatever it is that bothers you, don't scratch it. It's, it's very useful to think of this itch. You know, when you have an itch, like a mosquito bite, we feel very drawn to scratching it. But once you stop scratching, the mosquito bite actually is, like, you feel it more than before. This is some paradox about scratching. <laughs> it feels kind of good to scratch it, but then afterwards it's actually more intense. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's like it's just the way it is. And still, we feel drawn to the scratching. So when you um, when you when you're bothered by some pain, you know you can scratch it, fidget around it, try to repair it, but usually it doesn't get better from that. This is one of the frustrations of zazen. It's like, oh, there you sit with your discomfort, you scratch it, and it just kind of gets worse. So here's the, this is the challenge. Not scratching means don't do anything about it. Just accept your discomfort. This is like this is called this is what I call non-reactivity. And it is the core skill of ending suffering. <laughs> like Buddhism is about not to end suffering, right? Non-reactivity is the core skill to do that, to not resist anything. So the way you practice it on the level of the body, which is what I'm emphasizing tonight, where Zen starts, is like you... You practice non-reactivity in and with the body by not scratching. It's really quite, it's quite direct and simple. So then you can see the third don't, don't invite your thoughts to tea, is kind of a it's sort of not scratching on the mental level. When a thought comes, the image is don't invite the thought to tea, meaning don't give energy to it. You could call it don't scratch that thought. You have a thought, you know, don't elaborate. Don't, don't do something, try to do something with it. Don't follow up on it. Don't take it to another level. You could say, just don't scratch. Just the way some discomfort arises in your body, oh, some thought arises in your mind, and there's nothing you need to do about it. You just let it happen. Often Zen gets instructed in the beginning with count your breath, count your breathing. Well, how do we need to understand this? It's like, 
whenever you notice that you're scratching your mind, whenever you notice that you are uh, inviting your thoughts to tea, whenever you are elaborating on whatever thoughts are arising from moment to moment, you interrupt that and you go to, um, you bring attention to your breathing. So you shift attention from being involved with with mentation and you bring it to sensation. Because what's breathing? Breathing is the sensations of breathing. So attention is involved with thought. Now you bring it to the body. You bring it to the felt body, just the way you are feeling your spine, you're feeling your breath. Suzuki so, said, to stop the mind, to stop the mind does not mean to stop the contents of mind. It does not mean you bring effort to stopping your thinking. It means your mind pervades your whole body. So we can replace mind with attention and say, to stop the mind means to bring attention to the body. You understand? It's a shift of attention. If you withdraw the Attention from mentation, which is, you could say, that's the T that you're not inviting the thoughts to. When you withdraw the T, which is attention, you don't give T to the thoughts. You give it to your breath. You give it to your body. It's a new target for attention. So every time you notice your mind is busy, you don't invite your thoughts to T. What do you do instead? You go to the body. And you do it over and over and over again. And you cannot skip over this step. It's the absolute foundation. The absolute foundation of meditation is to return attention to the sensation of the body. The, the fourth don't is don't correct your mind. Now, I'm going to keep this simple. Maybe I'll talk about it more tomorrow. I don't know. But um, don't correct your mind is don't fight your thoughts. So this quote again, to stop the mind doesn't mean to stop the contents of mind. It's not like, oh, my mind is so busy, I have to do something about it. No, you just return. You don't correct it. You don't say there's something wrong with my mind and it needs to be repaired. You just bring attention to sensation. Stop. My, uh, your thoughts will quiet down by themselves. This isn't, this is like, if you, if you experience your mind as very, very busy, it's almost like, it's hard to trust this. But trust me. It is that way. If you fight your thinking, you you get you continue to be stuck in this. If you diligently practice giving attention to the sensations of breathing or just the body or any sensory um, material, which are not thoughts, thoughts will just quiet down on their own. 
So it's it's kind of paradoxical. You don't have to do anything. You just let them peter out or lose steam or run out of tea. I don't know. When thoughts run out of steam or tea or whatever, then you have mental stillness, right? Mind is actually becoming quieter. So it starts with not moving, not scratching, and then not scratching your not scratching your mind, and then letting the what is it the the mental energy of your mind to let it just run out, peter out. It's like the less you do about it, the more you encourage it to just kind of fade away. The more you're involved with, like, there's something wrong with me, I have to fix myself, the more you remain in some state of agitation. Okay, and I'll, I'll stop here. What, what is the, and you can, you can uh, see if you have something to say about this, but... Why stillness again, you know, coming back to the beginning? Why stillness? It's like Are you the many activities of your life? Are you defining yourself through the many activities of your life? Or are you interested in merging with the stillness that is behind those activities or merging with the stillness to which these activities return inevitably? There's nothing wrong with being an active person, you know, like waving your arms, fine, it's like movement, there's, you know, stuff going on in the world. What's the background of that? It's like if you... You know, Zen is looking at the wall. Um, you can look at the wall, or whatever is behind me, you know, look. It's not moving. It's like, what if you dis- what if we, through this practice of not moving, not scratching, not inviting our thoughts to tea, what if we discovered this still presence that is actually already part of us? It could be just an idea, you know, maybe it's just an idea for you that that is like, I'm saying something about that, okay. But the f- the way our practice is physical is that you actually kind of find a way to become that stillness. You feel it. When you feel it, your sense of self starts to change. <clears throat> Okay, so practically speaking, you know, through this weekend, we come into the zendo, we sit down, and then we invite the body into stillness. And with the body, we're inviting the mind into stillness. Practice not moving. 
And then, um, and then you sit without moving for 30 minutes. And then the bell rings. And then you bow. And you already in this bow, you know, like, be very meticulous. It's like already in this first movement that you do. Usually when the bell rings, you know, we bow to end the period of zazen. But in this bow, maintain the feeling of stillness that you've just cultivated during, during zazen. So it's not rushed. <laughs> like, when you're in pain during zazen, you know, it's like, uh, the bell rings, it's like, Oh God, I'm so glad it's over. Don't, don't lose your dignity. <laughs> well, I, I'm saying dignity, but that's actually it's way too psychologically. Don't uh, way too psychological. Don't lose the stillness. It's like the stillness remains in your body. Then you unfold your legs. And then you get up and you maintain the stillness in your body. And then we do walking meditation. And we start the walking meditation with slow walking. And then, and the reason we do slow walking is because is my voice funny? <laughs> and no, thank you. Um, and then the reason we do slow walking meditation is because when you take one step and then another, we just take these half steps. These are my these are my feet. <laughs> Jennifer, can you see? So these are my feet, not my hand. Um, we just take these half steps. You maintain stillness. You maintain the verticality through your spine. In movement, in the movement, the stillness continues. And then we speed up the walking, and when you speed up the walking, you maintain the stillness. And through the day, we don't talk. Only functional talking. We don't talk because, because it's an, it's a, it's a um, it's an opportunity to maintain the stillness, and so you integrate you know you integrate your experience of stillness with movement, and it's easier when it's slow. But you know that's not your goal. Your goal is that you can move swiftly and still have some stillness in you. Okay.